0: Alright, I'll do Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to fifteen dollars per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active mint customers by five thirty one twenty four. Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's twenty-five grand up for grabs. So what? what? What are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005.
1: I know the answer to whether or not Ben Simmons is a championship point guard. And I think Doc Rivers knows it too. The answer is very simple. Hell no! Not in Philly at least. Because Ben Simmons' days in Philadelphia are officially over. I'm here to tell y'all that right now. I don't mean just in the Sixers uniform. I mean that Ben Simmons... Should not risk even being seen in the city this offseason. Trust me on this. I worked in Philadelphia for 17 years. Not at a restaurant. Not getting gas. Just go. Go to L.A. Go to Australia. Anywhere that isn't Philadelphia. Again, I worked in that city for 17 years of my career. And that town will not get over this. And they shouldn't either, to be honest with you. Stephen A. Smith, uh, sporting critic, basketball critic, uh, probably a rich man's version of Corey Homicide Williams, but I don't even think Corey Homicide oh. Williams would have spoken like that. One man who's just heard that for the very first time is Andrew Gay's basketball legend. Uh, what do you make of all of that as we welcome you to the show? Thanks for joining us.
0: Uh, good morning, gosh. Yeah, it's um, it's disappointing, isn't it? And it's, uh, it's it's the way the world these days in that a lot of people that's probably more about Stephen A. Smith than it is about Ben, ben Simmons. And as such, uh, this young man who's gone out there and given his absolute very best and come up short has to deal with this vitriol. And it's 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 sad. It's sad we see it with Ben Simmons. And, and what's even more concerning is he's probably right. What Ben would have to deal with, with the feedback and the way in which um, citizens, when you're walking down the street, would respond to him, is um, is really sad that 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 people uh, respond that way to a, a subpar sporting performance.
1: How would Ben Simmons be feeling right now? And we're hearing reports that he doesn't want to go or won't be going to Tokyo, which is really bad news because I think Australia has always supported Ben, but unfortunately, I think we might he might be running out of lives even in Australia. For the fact is that. He might not be going because he wants to work on his craft rather than play for Australia. You know the family. You played with his dad. Are you surprised to hear that speculation?
0: Yeah, well, I think that it's very difficult because you and I can make a judgment about what Ben Simmons is going through. But until you're actually in it and you're experiencing it, uh, I think it's very difficult to make that assessment as much bravado and self-confidence that anyone can have with what he's dealing with right now sometimes uh, it's very difficult to process, it's in the heat of the moment, it's very raw and I think that that, uh, hopefully he just gives it a little time to digest it all and uh, and make a more objective judgement because right now I think that that would be very difficult to do with just the constant scrutiny, he can't turn on the television set, he can't pick up his phone There's not much that he can do right now in Philadelphia that can escape the scrutiny that he's had to to go through. So um, I personally think that a, a way out of that and a way to eradicate those thoughts is to get back on that horse as quick as you possibly can and no better environment to do that, no safer environment to do that than with the Australian Olympic
1: team and the Boomers. Yeah, 100%. To, to play with other Aussies all there for a united cause with no corporate connection, just go and play the game, do what you do best and play with your mates. And that's what it is. And and who needs enemies when you've got teammates like Joel Embiid? I mean, his comments after, <laughs> I mean, I know he was trying to find a way of saying it nicely. We all saw what happened, but at the same time, is there's a time and a place to be critical of a teammate, isn't there not? Man, uh, I'll be honest, Um, I thought the turning point was, uh, I don't know how to say it, Um, but I thought the turning point was just, you know, we had uh, an open shot and, you know, we missed, uh, we made one free throw and uh, we missed the other and then they came down and scored uh, and uh, we didn't get a good uh, possession.
0: 100% and I think both his and Doc Rivers' comments, if they had their time again, particularly for Ben's sake, that that's not the forum to be sharing uh, an explanation for uh, why they came up short. And I, I think that for him, we make a judgment about the relationship they have. And and given the narrative that people are trying to create now around Ben, it can be taken out of context. They, they have been, particularly with Joel Embiid, that they have played together for a long period of time. And it might be something that, because of that relationship, uh, the, 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 a different context is given to Joel Embiid's comments. Notwithstanding that, I still don't think it's appropriate, but it may not have the same type of impact to Ben that we all assume that it would have. Mm. So there's, there's always going to be other explanations out there, but on the, the face value of it all, it's disappointing when you're, uh, the, the blowtorch is being put on you I like that, and it's one of the reasons why most coaches and players, uh, you generally like to let the heat of the game go out before you get in front of the camera and have to speak. That luxury is not given to NBA players because they have obligations to be available immediately after the game, and sometimes those comments are said in the heat of battle which don't necessarily reflect or are put in a context that that, uh, explains what you're trying to articulate.
1: Interesting. I'm looking online this morning, Gazey Andrew Gaze, our guest on Sporting Goss, and we're talking all things basketball. We'll get to the NBL in a brief moment. If he was in my locker room, I would have knocked his ass out, says Shaquille O'Neal on television. Then there's a poster. Missing person. Ben Simmons. Can't shoot a free throw. Last seen game three, round two. Aren't but not dangerous. Is it as skating as I'm reading? Is it as really as bad as I'm seeing? And is this new because we're seeing the attack of one of our own, an Australian, Ben Simmons? Or does this go on all the time with other players in the States?
0: Oh, I think it's a hor- abhorrent. It, it, it's 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 it hurtful to even hear you uh, saying that. And yesterday when I was, and I'm not huge on social media, so I don't know how to hunt out all the um, the comments, but I saw enough to say this is, Sicking yeah. the way in which uh, an opinion is being put forward, and people are uh, are saying these horrifically bad things about an individual because he he had a, a subpar performance on a sporting field, and unfortunately, it is becoming uh, more common. And and even more concerning is I think we're starting to see a lot of that those types of responses here in Australia. I don't think um, we. Uh, maybe it might have just to do with the volume of people but uh, I don't think we're quite as bad as what we're seeing with Ben as it is in the United States or other parts of the world but unfortunately it is becoming a significant issue and we're already seeing it with Australian athletes and the, um, the pressure that they're putting on them and more importantly the mental health issues that are arising with elite sports people because of Uh, social media and and these types of responses that go to a a subpar performance despite someone doing as well as they're possibly trying to do. They're not going out there to try and um, put in a bad performance, but the nature of sport that that's going to happen from time to time. And uh, unfortunately, the athlete has to deal with stuff that perhaps in years gone by that they never had to use deal with in the past.
1: Well, Ben Simmons is still contracted to Philadelphia until 2025. In that time, a $180 million contract is his. Does he have to clean himself, dust himself off it and move? And, and everyone's talking very strongly about maybe getting under that sort of team-first culture led by Greg Popovich, San Antonio.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that you don't really know. There's so many variables that come in, the economics of it all, the contracts, draft picks. There's a whole bunch of things that owners and general managers have to deal with. And they'll go through that analysis and eventually they might come back to the, the um, situations. They they have a rare talent. They have an NBA all-star. They have the, an elite, uber elite defensive player, a, guy, a 6'10 guy that can run a team and play the point guard spot. Uh, yeah, there's pros and cons to every player and, and he's, Three-point shooting is something that he's never going to be elite at. But if he was able to just fix up his free-throw shooting, which is very achievable in a short period of time, they may come to a judgment that um, that they can persevere and that they can um, still be considered an NBA championship-winning team with being in that role. I think many other executives would. So I don't think it's a fate accompli complete that he's going to be moved on. We've seen some unbelievable breakdowns with relationships in teams that uh, are able to be reconciled for the better of the team. And, and, and as toxic as it is right now, I don't think that we've seen anything that, that you can't reconcile. It's whether or not the, the, the marketing and those other peripheral things uh, lead to a position where they feel like they, 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 need, they need to move it on. But it takes a huge, huge character... And uh, an incredible resilience to deal with what Ben's been going through right now. But he's had to deal with this since the age of 15 or 16. All eyes have been on him for a long, long period of time. And hopefully he's not getting worn down by it. And that's one of the reasons why we get back to what we spoke about before. How I think a circuit breaker in all this can be with what goes on uh, with the Olympics and joining the Olympic team and... And being a part of that environment with Brian Gorgian and Paddy Mills, Joe Ingles, Aaron Baines, those guys that are living and breathing the NBA uh, each day to to wrap their arms around him and help him through that process. I think would be fantastic.
1: Well, let's hope so. Let's hope that when the dust settles and he gets some clear air over the next day or two, that he and Gorgian or his dad, Dave can all have a conversation about where to next for him. Because I think in the heat of battle of the Olympics, with uh, wearing different colours and amongst different groups, that would probably be the best way of shaking off those cobwebs that unfortunately have been stuck to him since that NBA series. Now, just quickly, uh, 2 0 down the Wildcats, and well, they can barely put a squad together, let alone a starting five together. Yeah. They are, I mean, could, could you think of any worse timing for a bunch of injuries to a key lot of players in a grand final in the NBL?
0: It is extraordinary, but I think that if you're a Perth Wildcats fan, you should be uh, so proud of what the team's been able to do. Now, I know they've come up short, but the adversity that they've had to deal with the playing personnel uh, has been impossible, really, to, to overcome. But yet, they're still able to play away a and, and represent the city and play the game to a level... That has given them a chance in both those games when really uh, they shouldn't. And I think that when you're a fan of a team, you can uh, often identify circumstances where you can walk away knowing that your team has done absolutely everything within their power to give themselves the best chance for success. And I think that the Perth Wildcats have done that and demonstrated that in, the, in those first two games because. They've been down players, but still uh, been incredibly competitive against an almighty Melbourne United team that are playing their best basketball at the right time of the year. And, um, you know, I I can't speak more highly of what Trevor Gleeson and his staff have been able to do, and the players, of course, uh, in this series, because it's been admirable the way in which they've played.
1: I've watched uh, Trevor Gleeson in the timeouts and I think he's coaching like a coach who knows they can't win with their personnel and he's just a lot more calmer about it. Normally, I mean, I know he gets angry and he's passionate, but I'm seeing a very measured Trevor Gleeson knowing that it's going to take a hu- huge effort, a super-heuculean effort to even, you know, to get the win at any stage against uh, Melbourne United. Uh, hats off to him. I think this could be the making of him, even in, in a, even in a year that
0: he's been judged the coach of the year. Yeah, well, he's won five titles, and I don't think he's been given the recognition and the status that he deserves for what he's been able to do. Everyone thinks that it's a privileged environment over there. They've got the resources, and all that is true. But they've had to build that. And he, this year, you can see with the strategies and the way he's had to deal with this adversity, the reason why I think that you're not seeing those emotional outbursts that that often are there strategically. The reason he's not doing that is because he's asked the guys to play a certain way to give the team the best chance to win. He's had to slow the game down. He's had to make it into a grind and sometimes make the game ugly and go not completely against the instincts of the players, but, but put in place something that requires a conscious effort in order to do. And they, although it hasn't always been successful, they are clearly responding to that and trying to follow those instructions. So that is the reason why I think you don't see him carrying on like a pork chop. um, Because they are, um, from outside looking in, doing it and doing it really well. They're never going to blow Melbourne United out of the water. They're never going to win a game by 20. They have to keep the game in the 70s and hope to eke out some way, eke out a a close, narrow win, and they're playing a style of basketball that gives them uh, the very best chance to do that.
1: You're a legend. Appreciate our chat today. Thanks for joining us. Anytime, mate. Love it. Good on you, mate. There's Gazy, Andrew Gaze, best in the business, and that is a rational, measured opinion on all things basketball. Ben Simmons, the Wildcats, and the NBL Grand Final Series. Great to have a chat. He has joined us on Sporting Goss.